Welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today's podcast episode is sponsored by Record360. Record360 is the leading provider of inspection management software for the equipment rental industry. Record360 is trusted by thousands of rental businesses to provide quick, clear documentation of assets before and after rent. There's a transformation occurring in rental inspections. The old way of doing things included pen and paper, carbon copies, digital cameras, and hunting down information when you needed it. Today, modern inspections look very different. They're cloud-based, mobile, and records are easily searchable. Find out how Record360 can help you increase your damage collection percentage and eliminate disputes at record360.com. Today's guest is Matt Lambert. Now, Matt is the co-owner of a company called RL Energy Rentals and also Pinkwater Canada. And he caught my attention online because he started his business with his business partner when he was just 19 years old, which is quite an unbelievable achievement. And they've been seven years running their business. And they've got also a very unique product, product that they rent out called a combo unit, which I've never seen before. So I wanted to learn about the journey he's gone through, talk about the combo unit, and just see if you can get any, any advice to anyone else that's looking to start in a rental business at just such a young age as well. So Matt, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. To kick things off, can you talk to me about how you decided to start getting into the equipment rental industry? Yeah, you bet. So kind of things started uh, just getting out of high school myself and, and I do have a business partner, Tyler Ramage. We were uh, went to school together our, our whole lives. We get out of high school, we, we kind of go on a career path and and we're working for people and just kind of didn't seem right for either one of us. Uh, both our parents uh, are on their, on their own businesses. Uh, his dad is pretty successful in, in his company and, and like my, my dad as well. And, and both of our moms work together with them. So, you know, we see that our whole lives, get out of high school. And, and next thing you know, we, we start talking, um, 18 years old. But what, what, what can we do to better ourselves uh, starting out? And we kind of come up with this idea um, of combo unit. Uh, we see like a demand in the oil field. You have uh, dumpsters, washrooms, uh, power. Uh, there's fuel tank and the light tower all on all on one unit. So kind of get out of high school. We plan this out, spend months making a business plan, going to the bank, getting a loan. And uh, we go into it and, and we build this combo unit. And that's kind of where it started for us. Um, 19 years old is when everything got finalized. and. And we wanted to work for ourselves and, and better ourselves in, in a way that we could control. Wow. It's like such a young age. Like what was that? Was there a lot of support around you? Like, was there, were you like, what talk, talk to me through your mindset. Cause that's a big decision to make at 18, 19 years old. Yeah. You know what we had, you know, at, at first, you know, uh, kind of had this idea kind of kept it between ourselves and, and then eventually when it was kind of ready to present, you know, brought it obviously to our parents being that young, their biggest supporters. Uh, brought it to them and they said you know they said you guys should should go for it I mean you're young there's really nothing to lose you're at a point in your life where you know if something was to go wrong then you have time to time to fix it right so you know the support was fantastic and and the bank loved this loved us so that was a that was a bonus for sure and uh, you know the industry reacted well well to us to begin with that's for sure and so did you what understanding did you have of the equipment rental industry prior to that 
there, there wasn't much. I mean, we've been around uh, like oil and gas our entire lives. Um, it was different, different sectors for both of us. So it was more, my dad was like in the operation side. So that's kind of what I seen. And his dad was more in the service side and that's what he's seen. So kind of came together on both of it, put our knowledge together and, and we could come up with exactly what we needed to. So, so did you basically see all these different items on these job sites and just have the idea to bring it together? And maybe at the same time, do you want to explain what your company name is and sort of where you're located? Yeah. So, so yeah, full, well, for your first, uh, first one there. So definitely we've seen uh, trucking charges on dumpsters, um, we have generators, the washrooms, light towers, all those things are separate, separate fees, separate bills, separate everything for the company. So we took a look at it and we decided to put everything on one unit. Uh, we took kind of stepped it up. We put a, put a big generator on, uh, it's 62 kilowatt, a lot of power behind it. We took light towers. They go 30 feet in the air, uh, here in Alberta, it gets light. Uh, it's only light for a little bit during the day. Uh, especially in the winter time. So when you have dark early in the mornings, dark late at night, uh, it's nice to have that power. We took the washrooms. Uh, we said, you know what? Porta potties are gross. Everyone's got to go to the washroom. Let's put flush toilets in. So we kind of took all your essential needs for a site. We put them all on one unit and it's one, one good price. Um, you know, to come up with the name for it all, you know, like the well site combo unit, uh, RNL Energy Rentals, uh, it's just uh, our names. So Ramage is his last name and Lambert's my last name. So it's Ramage and Lambert energy rentals is, is what it is. Pretty, pretty classic, but you know, it ties, ties both of us together. That's awesome. And so is there anything else in the market like that? Cause I know a lot of people rent out packages and they'll rent out like combinations of like separate line items. But as you mentioned, a lot of times there's separate trucking charges to maintain those, those line items. So is there anyone else in the market doing this that you know of? Yeah, you know what? There's there's some competition. Um, not a lot of people have. Uh, so we so we have two different sizes now. But when we started, we just had the one. Uh, not a lot of people had one our size, especially in our area, uh, with that 62 kilowatt generator. I mean, you can power a lot of things off one unit. Uh, it has the two dumpsters on it, and and no one was offering the flush toilets on on a unit. So there was definitely there's definitely competition. But we took a look at them and we figured out what can we do to make it better make it better for the customer, keep the prices down and keep everything on one bill. You know, these sites have so much different, different things going on um, to put everything into one makes it so much easier on, on the foreman, on the operation side, uh, on everybody. And especially to go to one site to get, you know, to get rid of your garbage, to get, to get to fuel and, and to use the washroom. It's all, it's all there. I, I noticed it's on like a trailer. Is it, is that, what it is like well how is it all grouped together and it's like interchangeable technically if one breaks down you can take that one off like how do you deliver yeah. it and pick it up like how does that work yeah yeah so it's all it's all on one trailer uh everything we place everything on there based off of how to get at it what's the best uh, and obviously weight because it is on a trailer but yeah if you want to say move the dumpsters around you can absolutely take those off if you want to move the washrooms it, it's just a couple bolts that uh I mean, they secure on there pretty good. I mean, you need some pretty big wrench to take them off, but you can you can customize it to move it. You know, we we took it what people use most and and what's needs to be accessible. So we took that and put them in high high key spots on them. So I mean, up a couple stairs and you, and you have washrooms. You can go to the generator. You can get the fuel tank. You know, up another set of stairs. You have your dumpsters. You can get rid of your used oil rags. It's separate. So 
it's kind of like a whole little little environment in, on one on one trailer unit. Mm. Easy to pull around, so one truck can charge. There's not uh, not a bunch of back and forth, and and everything goes to site to to clean to empty. There's nothing moving around. It it's always there. And so, what about the design process? Like, talk me through how it went from hey, there's a problem, was well, is an opportunity in the market to you figuring out the design for this combo. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, there was a couple of people that were kind of doing it and we thought we could make it better. So, so we went around, you know, we did, did our research. We, we took a look at a number of different companies that, uh, that were, that had them or had things similar. And, and we took what we thought were flaws where, you know, it was say a narrow aisle way to get to a washroom unit or, or the generator you'd have to use like a ladder to get to. So, we took that, we took that into account. We, we made the size of our trailer a little bit bigger than everybody else. So, you know, it opened up wider walkways, um, easier ways to get across and, and the layout, the layout was, is absolutely key. Cause you're, you're not only planning for what's best for people using it. You're also planning for weight distribution. Cause this thing does have to go up and down the highways and, and into sites. And so, you know, to take all that together was, uh, was a lot. And then the company that actually built it with us, um, they had a big role to do with helping us uh, for weight and, and what would work best. So it was, it was a quite a few things and, and definitely, uh, definitely a while of planning and designing. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. And so when they come off rent, are you keeping them all together in your, your yard or like what, what's the process in terms of like preparing the next one for rent? So like, can you, I guess my point is, do the trailers always sit together in a combo? Yeah. So, so we actually have um, like a number of equipment now, but when we first started, we just had the one. So when you, when you get the one, it comes back to the yard, you clean it all up, it gets ready to go. Um, now we have, you know, big ones. We have smaller ones with smaller generators. We have light towers, office trailers, uh, other dumpsters. And, you know, the expanding happens. It's, uh, it's been seven years, uh, actually this month in May here that we've been in business. So things grow. And uh, now if you want just one aspect that's on the trailer, we have it for you. But if you, if you need a number of them, we have that for you too, all on, all on one unit. So well, things come back, it's pretty easy to clean. I mean, we have a dump truck comes and empties the dumpster, back trucks suck out the toilets. Um, and then, you know, him and I, Tyler and I still get in there and we clean it all. So it's, uh, we do the oil changes. We, we make sure we're very, very hands-on with it. So that doesn't matter if it's the combo unit or, or little light tower where we're there and we're the ones doing it. That's awesome. It's such an innovative idea. And I, I feel like a lot of people listening to this are going to be on your website, checking you out to see, yeah. Hey, is this something that we should be looking at? Because it's uh, I've never, like I'll post it on our page. Cause when I first saw your, your website and I was scrolling through and I saw the combo unit, I was like, this is unbelievable. Like this is like such a great idea. So Props to, to you and to Tyler to, to sort of coming up with that. And it's uh, been at such a young age as well. I think it's a very, very impressive feat. So I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in what you do. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, like I said, it's been seven years and it started with one unit. But, you know, we get, like I said, get out of high school, build this unit. We get, get it rented. It goes out immediately nine months. Absolutely phenomenal. Out for nine months. Next thing that happens, we're in 2014. Economy crashes. Now everything's down everything sits and, you know, we're, we're trying to grow, but we still, you know, we have bank loans to pay off and we, we get lucky again. It goes out. Things start to move again. Economy stays crashed. 
how do we fix this? So that's, that's kind of when we got into office trailers and light towers and other units is, you know, to, to make, uh, you know, projects went from big, big capital projects to, you know, where we have to do this maintenance. We need a couple of things because it's required. So to go through the up and downs that we did and, and to diversify like we did through time was, it was definitely a challenge and it, uh, a lot of, a lot of sleepless nights planning and, and, and planning on how, how to move forward and how to make it through. I mean, there was at one point Tyler and I were sitting, sitting on a, on a balcony one night and we're, we're thinking to ourselves, you know, how do we sell this thing? Like, how do we get out? And, and the economy comes back and now you're back going. And, and we've seen that we took that opportunity uh, to look around and, and see what else we could do. So that's kind of where the smaller combo unit came in. And just to continue to expand, uh, to get into dumpsters, like for residential and commercial use, uh, light towers go out for weddings, like it, to, to diversify your company into more than just oil and gas to go to events or even different sides of construction. It, it was, it was a lot to, you know, to think about, especially getting going and in a short couple of years with a lot thrown at us, that's for sure. Mm. I can imagine. And so what does the team look like today? Is it still you and Tyler or is there other people involved? Like what's the team? So, so it's still Tyler and I, um, we, we have, uh, we have someone that helps us. Uh, it's actually his mom helps us with, uh, with the books and stuff like that. That's not my expertise. I'm good with that. And, uh, recently we, uh, we took over uh, Pinkwater, uh, Pinkwater Canada. So it's a chemical that, uh, uh, it's great for turnarounds and it's a hydrocarbon uh, mitigation agent. So we, you can clean up oil spills, you can clean out tanks. So, you know, just to move into, into something else that's more than just rental um, has been, been a lot for us. And it's been a big change on the side of books. Like right now, you know, Tyler and I both have, uh, we do this and then when Tyler, Tyler's a carpenter. So, you know, he's doing other things as well. So, so there's a lot going on with both of us. I mean, I got uh, I own another business, so you know we have that going on on as well. So it's almost at the time that we need to start hiring hiring more people out uh, to help us with sales and and maintenance. But you know, just to have that hands on is just something that him and I both love. And and you know, if at the end of the day, this is this is what we want to do. So it's fight or flight and, and keep going. That's awesome. And so. What, what is, um, how did you get associated with Pinkwater Canada? And like, just explain the products in a bit more yeah, detail. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So we, we actually carry, uh, we're starting to get into a couple different pro or products that we can't really talk about yet because it's still in the very early works. But the big one for us is Pinkwater. Uh, it was, uh, came into Canada about 30 years ago. Uh, actually, uh, my uncle is the one that actually brought it in uh, from Biosolve, uh, just out of Boston area there. And uh, so he brought it in and, uh, you know, he, he was uh, ready to retire. And I always said if early age, I mean, he's been doing this as far as I can remember. It's uh, it 15. I said, you know what? I, I, I like this. If you ever want to get rid of it, you let me know. And it's been constant years. And sure enough, you know, he, he was ready to retire and he says, Hey, I'm ready, ready to move on. So we, we talked to the great team down at Biosolve um, and, and with synthetic labs and, and we take over full distribution for Canada. Uh, it's this cam uh, pink water. Uh, we check it out. We got uh, our own website on that. You can check it out at Biosolve as well. Um, you know, we see it a lot with uh, turnarounds because it's safe. It, uh, it cleans, it does its job. We see it lots. Um, soil remediation, 
uh, gets rid of VOC odors. So, you know, we even see uh, towns are buying it for uh, sewage treatment plants that put enough smells or if the treatment ponds are too close to towns. So it was just another way to take RNL to the next, the next thing that we needed it to, to, to continue to grow and, and to make it something that Tyler and I can do full time all the time. Yeah. So it, it was, it was a big change for us to go from rental into sales as well. I know I kind of mentioned the pressure, like you, you such a young age, you start a business and you're like, then you go through a recession and then you're trying to get the products out. They finally go out and you're like, how can we add more pressure? Let's buy another company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? It, uh, it definitely is, is something. So I, I like Tyler and I, we both, we both look, look around us and we both want to better ourselves. Like one day, like, you know, we're, we're getting to the age that we're start, start, start family soon and, and stuff like that. And we just want to be able to, to be there for them and, and to make sure that all of the hard stuff is out of the way before we get into the main stuff. So, you know, it might move a little bit faster on some things that are out of the comfort zone. Like we, you know, we've never done anything like this. We said, yeah, we'll take over this, this pink water Canada. And we knew nothing about it, but uh, you know, you, you learn, you, you study, you get out there, you meet people, you talk to people and, and it just kind of changes everything. So eventually, you know, in the next couple of years, when we do start having kids and, and stuff like that, then, that we're ready and, and the hard stuff is kind of out of the way if that makes sense uh, for sure I, I feel like so many people don't start the hard stuff until they're early to mid 30s they've, they've got experience they've worked the grind they've had a job they want to start their own business you've just done it the complete opposite like you, you're like we're going straight to the hard stuff from day one like it this entrepreneurial mindset like is this something that you've always had or you've studied or you listen to podcasts or you read a lot? Like, how do you sort of keep that, that mindset? Well, it, it started with school. It started with school. I, I, I didn't like school. I, I, I didn't like going to school because I didn't see practicality in a lot of things. And there's nothing wrong with school. I mean, some people love it. It's what they need to be, the careers they want to be. But I just knew what I wanted to do had nothing to do with school. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to learn my own ways and I wanted to be in charge of my own destiny. And, and kind of, I, I guess I recognized that pretty young that if I was going to do that, it'd be nice to do it before I had a bunch of risk on the back end. So going into it, like I said uh, earlier, worst case scenario, I mean, if everything failed, I still had time to start over. So I guess it was a bit of a safety net. I noticed, noticed at a young age too, that if I was going to get into my own business and, and do my own businesses and, the time was to start young and being growing up in a family that, uh, you know, I seen my, my parents and like Tyler seen his parents do the same thing and, and do well. And, and, you know, like, you know, both of our, our parents started a little bit later and, and it worked out for them, but we, we had that drive and we were ready to, you know, take on what was coming at us, I guess. Yeah. I think the key is like the energy, like you've got that energy and that passion and, and you, as you said, you, you, if you're going to fail young, like you always got that second chance. So look, take my hat off to you because not many people like have the ability at such a young age to say their own multiple companies uh, that are actually successful and still running through it. So you, you should definitely think through how you could almost mentor other people 
at, that are coming out of school and stuff like that. I think you could really give back to a younger generation and sort of explain to them like how, how you've done what you've done because it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's not a normal thing. Not normal people don't do that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it, uh, I, I really do appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, it's a passion, right? I mean, you have to find something you're passionate at. And like I said, I didn't like school, but if you want to become a lawyer and you're passionate at that, you got to go to school to do that. So, I mean, it, it all depends on, on who you are as a person and where you want to go and, and where you see your life. And, and it's never too late to change or, or to do anything. It, uh, especially, you know, when, when you're young, getting going, it's, it's a hurdle too. I mean, it takes a lot more for people to look at us seriously when, you know, we're starting to get a little bit older now, but, uh, you know, when you're 20 years old and you go into a room to start, you know, selling your product or your company and, and for people to listen to you. And, and you know what, that's one thing that we've seen kind of through this pandemic is not a lot of face-to-face -face right now. It's a lot of phone calls and it's a lot more easier to get in with people when they don't see your age. So, you know, that's definitely a hurdle too. So it, it's nice to start for risk, but it's also tough to get going because people look at you differently when you're trying to get going younger. I was actually talking to someone on the podcast a few weeks ago about this exact problem. So he was working uh, on an event business and he got a promotion and essentially his co-workers around them were a bit older and they were putting him down saying that he wasn't ready. He was too young. He didn't like, I'm not sure if he didn't deserve it, but like he just wasn't the right fit and he wasn't going to be able to, uh, like they just didn't think he was ready. And he had this passion and from that day onwards, it basically gave him fuel to never work for somebody again and start yeah. his own business. He had a business for 17 years now. Yeah. It's like, and in my mind, as I said to him, I was like, imagine if they fostered him, what things he could have achieved with that business. So yeah, it's when I, when I hear people saying they see someone and they think that they're too young, like why, why are they too young? It, like what to me to me that's never made sense and you hear you hear a lot of people say well you know got to pay your dues and work your way up but i mean when you're young and you get going just because it's not working for a company and slowly working your way up it doesn't mean you still don't pay your dues you pay your dues and sleepless nights and you know when everyone's out having fun on a weekend you're working you know when when people are out doing this or or you know, going, going out with friends, you're, you're working and you're getting ready for the next day and you're planning. So, so the pain you do is comes in different, different forms and different ways, depending on who you are and what you get into. I mean, when you get into the rental industry, a lot of, a lot of the small time companies like us can tell you and sales is that it doesn't stop because it's a Saturday. There's, there's seven days in a week and there's 24 hours in a day. So things can, things don't stop. So you have to be ready to go at, at any moment. And, and doesn't matter if, if you're passionate and you're ready to go for it, then, then you're ready to go for it. And, you know, to be held back by age is, is so common uh, and not by yourself, it's by others around you. So, you know, like, like you said, it gave them fuel. It absolutely does. It's how you, it's how you react to the situation that you're in. Yeah. Like I, I don't think anyone in society should dictate what you can and can't do i think no. if if you if you want to do something and you believe in yourself like why why should others be able to tell you what you can and can't achieve 
Like if you, if somebody's a, a specialist in something and you study that that field for six months straight and learn everything about it, yes, you're not going to have the 15 years experience, but if you've got that passion and that fuel, of course I want that person on my team. <laughs> yeah, I want that person to like help energize me as well. Like I feel like it's a if that's the other thing I always talk about it is when you find someone that's got this passion and this fuel, it becomes addictive. Yeah. Other people see that and they, they gravitate towards it. Would you rather have somebody that's, that's passionate? They don't have to be young. They can be old as well. Who cares? But like, yeah, well, yeah. It, it, if they've got that passion, people gravitate towards them. If someone is negative in old ways, not, not wanting to change, not wanting to adapt, do you really want that person to be leading an organization? Or do you want the next generation or, or someone else that is quite passionate to be sort of pushing that through? It's something that I, I, I think about all the time. And it's something that I guess I've noticed that the changing of the guard is happening, I guess the terminology I'm having, where a lot of these new general managers and CEOs are, are the next generation. And so it's slowly yeah. coming over. But yeah, I, um, it's great that you sort of ignored the voices and just uh, keep pedaling ahead. Yeah. You know what? Passion, passion coming at any age. And like you said, it, it, anything can be taught passion cannot be if you're if you're passionate about something you can find that if you're you can find it when you're 80 or you can find it when you're 18 it, do, it doesn't matter as long as it's there uh, I was just lucky enough to find what I what I wanted to do at a younger age so it, it just depends on who you are as a person and and kind of what comes your way I mean like I said school wasn't for me I, I didn't want to do school so when some of my friends went to college and some of them didn't I, I knew what I wanted to do um, other people, you know, might take, you know, a, a whole career to figure out, you know, this is, might be what I want to do, or, or they might see, might be doing a job and something might be off to the side that they say, Hey, this could be improving. Well, you know, it took those steps to get there. So 100% passion, passion is the way to go. It is what drives, what drives you. You got to find what drives you. And that's, that's how you'd be successful. Mm, that's awesome. So so let's talk through actually starting up a, a business because there's obviously you've mentioned a few challenges already that's come through there. So can you just break down exactly the steps to start your rental business and then just touch on maybe some of the other challenges that occurred along there, with, which you basically didn't expect potentially? Yeah. So I, I swear by it. I live by it. First thing to do is start a business business plan. You have to have a guide for you to follow and it doesn't have to stay the same. I mean, Tyler and I, we changed our business plan. We still are changing our business plan, but it gives us a direction on where we need to go, where we want to take our company and where we want to see it. I mean, you see you see one thing come out of left field, well, you have to adapt to it. And having a base plan is key. So first things first, before you even get going, start a business plan. Um, it's it saved us more than once, especially when, when unexpected things do happen. You know, you got to have that plan. And the biggest thing about having it all is putting it into action and, you know, starting with the one combo unit, there was, that was the business plan was to get one combo unit. Well, all of a sudden it's done. Now what? So we go back, we draft up another business plan on where to expand. Um, one of the biggest recessions uh, in the modern day hits Alberta. Well, that's right in the middle of when we're getting things going. We have a business plan that we kind of want to follow. It, uh, it's definitely a key point. So things can come from left field at any given moments. And then 
being ready for it is what what's important. So, you know, we we come up, we start the start the combo unit, recession hits out of nowhere. You know, we we adjust the business plan to help get through it, kind of get things going again. We decide to diversify a bit, get get the Australia combo unit, smaller combo unit, light towers. You know, the uh, reset or the recession kind of ends, things start to get busy again. And another one hits, you know, a year or two later. So, you know, we, we take a look at it. We, like I said, we, we talked about selling everything, getting out of it because it was so, so up and down, but, you know, we go back, we, we take a look at our plan and, and we change it again. And, and then, you know, we, uh, pink water comes up and we take a look at that and, and it just makes so much sense to add into our company, especially where we're located. Uh, we have we're right in the heart of, Central Alberta, that's, uh, we have oil and gas all around us, north, west, east, south, everywhere around us. We, uh, so we, we change the business plan, we go for that. And, you know, that's, thank God we did. And then all of a sudden, COVID, we were in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, fortunately for us, maintenance still needs to be done. We see a huge stop in our rental equipment and, and pink water carries us for a little bit. So just to, just to have a plan on where to go, uh, just a guideline, it has to be a very basic guideline is, is absolutely key and, and should be a very important part in any, anybody's business. Um, and, and change it, constantly be looking at it, changing it, print it off, keep it on your desktop. It's, it's an important thing to follow. That, that way, if things come out of left field, like no one knew we were going to be in the middle of a pandemic. That, uh, that wasn't something anyone planned for. That wasn't in anybody's business plan. But but to have to have the tools to to help yourself and, um, and to go forward with it and keep your company moving even though things are coming at you is so important so important. Yeah, I can imagine. And then, yeah, so two recessions and then COVID hits. So what was the impact of COVID on the business? So with. With uh, Pinkwater, we didn't see much of a, we've seen a bit of an impact because a lot of turnarounds um, were pushed back uh, from 2020 to 2021. So we did see a decline on what was expected for there, but we did, it made up for what it needed to make up with the rental industry going slower. Major projects weren't going through. I mean, stuff still needs to be done. So things still move, but instead of seeing things go for long-term projects, they were quick short-term projects or, or budgets were cut because nobody knew what was going to happen. So, you know, guys, uh, operators and foremen stopped working out of office trailers and they, they started working out of their vehicles. So, you know, to, to see that change in industry is, it's, it's crazy to see how people worked one way and then within weeks start working another. Uh, lunchrooms and stuff became something that they didn't want people in. You, you to spread so to have gatherings and and places where people can kind of meet up where that was out and that affected a lot of companies as well uh companies with the big big rig uh rig trailers and and the big rental rental units that uh, that was that was gone and to start having uh, things like flush toilets kind of came in because you know with with covid to have a proper place to sanitize and, and to keep clean you know, uh, they have sinks in them. They, we have hand sanitizer in them. It's, uh, it became important. It became, you know, no more just a porta potty. We kind of have to take it up to something that's a little bit nicer. So we've seen kickbacks and things like office trailers, but we've seen things move forward in, in our combo units. 
So just to, just to kind of be ready and just to have like a wider range is, is really key, but it's easier said than done is like all these things cost money. And, and when you're getting going uh, and you know, we're not, we're not very big yet, but uh, we'll be there. Uh, but you know, to, to get going is, is tough when so many things are happening all the time. And, and as anyone that's ever worked in, in the oil and gas industry can say is that uh, if it's one thing, it's unpredictable. So, so to have things where you can go from oil and gas or, or even, you know, we see your combo units out at weddings um, in the summers or, or light towers go from, you know, out on a pipeline or into a family reunion. Well, you know, when seasons shift and, and you know, breakup happens, well, you're not having things like family reunion in 2020, 2021 because of COVID. So just to have different types of equipment is is definitely essential uh, for a business to, to keep going or, or to reach in other different parts of the industry such as sales, like for us was, was pink water. Um, and, and right away, it's gonna be a couple more chemicals, but just to find that balance between, between everything, it, it's tough, but it needs to be done in order to compete. You know, it's being smaller and there's big companies out there. There's, there's huge companies out there that, you know, can offer a lot of stuff and, and you know what, to have something that they don't or, or to take what they have and maybe make it a bit better kind of gives you that uh, competitive advantage for sure. So just reaching, reaching different demographics when it comes to, to people, to businesses, to the industry is important, especially to get going. I mean, the one thing I would change when we go back is, you know, I might ask that bank for a little bit more money to get going so we could buy some more things right off the bat. But, you know, it, it, thank God it didn't because all of a sudden we hit a recession right after we do it. So, you know, it's just, it's risk. Everything's risk. So to be ready for it best you can and to prevent risk is absolutely important. Mm, no, I can imagine. Every, yeah. Yeah. I can imagine the, the, the pressure you would have felt when the recession hit and then you just took this big bank loan out. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, just the, yeah. it, it would just, yeah. uh, it, it I can't, I, that's where I think a lot of companies struggle when they start up and they overfinance their assets and they've got a, like a decent sized fleet and they're not getting rented out. And then they're basically just trying to discount to win deals. And then the discounting might mean that the, the rental rates are actually lower than the repayments on the loan potentially. Like it just, it's just a vicious cycle if they, they go down that route. Yeah, it absolutely is. When you see, when you see companies going and discounting just to move their product, it just, it makes no sense because things, things cost money. And no matter what you do, the bank's payments are, you know, if, when you have those, that's, that doesn't change what, whether there's a recession or whether there's COVID or whether the rental rates drop. I mean, there's always somebody to answer to. So, it, you know, when it comes, comes to discounting, that's a pretty sensitive subject, uh, subject for us. You, you see, you know, we, we come up with quality equipment and equipment prices go up, but, rent for them doesn't if anything it's going down so you see such an offset um going forward with with you know people want want this in the unit or they want this in their office trailer you know they want 110 percent containment on a light tower well to do all those things takes a bit more money but you have all these other big companies that are going out for massive discounts because they own ten thousand of them or whatever it may be you know, and they can do lower prices when they got them rented all across the country. So there's definitely, 
the competition is there and it will always be there. It, it won't change. And, you know, it's just about compet being competitive and, and coming out with quality or coming out with something that's a little bit different. And we really found that, you know, like we did that and something that speaks really loudly to us um, is customer service. You know, our, our model for our company is quality rentals, quality service. And, and we took our, our equipment and there's no shortcuts on, on maintenance. I mean, light towers go out, they can be two hours away from us or three hours away from us. And when they need an oil change, we're there for the oil change. It's, you know, it, it's what's important to make sure the equipment stays running for the customer and avoid downtime. I mean, you don't, nothing's worse than say having a light tower go out and it goes down. So to have that level of service and, and the relationships with our customers is, is so important to us because they're the ones that are, that are helping us move forward. You know, we help them with providing the rental equipment, but you know, they're helping us with our livelihoods. So it's, it's a, it's a mutual respect between, between everyone. So, and I think that's what a lot of big companies miss out on is they see, they see a light tower, they see, see an office trailer head out and that's it. They, they'll see it when it comes back. If it needs an oil change, then well, they're not there. They, their guys aren't there. It gets an oil change when it comes back to the yard. It, it might go down. Uh, we've heard stories where people, they send light towers out, they drive three hours to site and they have no lights with them. So, I mean, I mean, just to have that quality service is, is something that we pride ourselves on and, and our relationships with our clients is, is just so important. We, you know, in the industry, you meet some fantastic people and you want to want to keep the relationship good. And the best way to do that is, is to make sure your stuff works. Like, you know, you shake your head a lot when you see the, see the bigger companies, you know, they, they discount, which is, which is good for them. But when a light tower goes down on a Saturday evening, they're not there. You know, we'll be there as soon as we can get out there. Something was like something like that was to happen. If it's if it's Christmas Eve, it's just another day in a week if somebody needs us. So like I said, quality rentals, quality service. We we take what we have, we we give it the competitive edge. You know, we we our combo units was created for to have all those things for one great price. Um and if you if you look at it, I mean, you can take a look on our website, or maybe one day someone might be renting it. Uh, that's listening. That you'll see an extra care has been get, or has been put into to everything that we that we have. And, and and like I said, we're very we've been using this word lots as a passion. You know, we're passionate with our to make sure our customers need have what they need, and and they feel like they're more than just customers. Like I mean, we like to call it like clients, like. You know, some turn into friends, like, you know, we see someone in the store that we know it's not, oh, there's those guys that their light tower stopped working and they wouldn't show up. It's, there's the guys that, you know, gave us a great experience and, and we pride ourselves on that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think small businesses obviously have a lot better control over managing that customer experience. And if you can keep that mentality and that, that culture within your, your business, as you grow, like it only means that you're going to have more and more success. The moment that you start cutting off, uh, I guess, customer service for price and things like that, that's when the decline starts to happen and people start realizing, oh, they're not really a partner for more renting. They're just another rental company that we're using as well. Yeah. Yeah. There, there has to be has to be a balance. And when, you know, like you said, when people over leverage and they get too much stuff and things go out, they lose control. And that's, you know, we take, we take everything we can in steps. We make sure 
we have checklists. We make sure that everyone is reached and felt felt like they're that they're important because they are. Yeah, that's awesome. So, who do you think played a big influence on you from a mental perspective so far in your career? For me, it's definitely my parents. Um, just watching, you know, like my my dad was out in the field. He was running his own company. You know, there was there was days where I remember being young and we wouldn't see him, but it wasn't it was, wasn't for him. He was there for his family. He was there to make a better life for us. And you know, as as he got older and as I got older, and and my my siblings started growing up, my dad's you know was there. And, and you know, he put that hard work in when when he was younger and and we were all younger, so he could he could be home. And I see that, and I and I I remember being young. Uh, being in the office at my parents' house uh, where my mom did all the books and everything out of. So, so definitely my parents are 100% my biggest, my biggest influence and my biggest mentors. And, and I really wouldn't be where I am without them. Yeah. And I always talk about this, like when people don't have parents as mentors or they don't have parents or they're not around or they're split up or whatever the scenario might be, it's really important that that person finds an external mentor then. Like you really need to have someone that you can bounce ideas off. Like there's, there's never an expectation that you're going to do it on your own and you should never do no. it on your own because it just no, gets hard. It, it gets hard. You, you need somebody there. It could be, it could be anyway. It could be your best friend. It could be your grandparent. It could be someone that you started working with on your part-time job to have someone that you can feel supported by and, and to look up to. Uh, it, it, it could be somebody on, on YouTube or someone you listen to or, or even someone on a TV show that, uh, you know, you appreciate their message and what they stand for. So, to ha- but to have someone there, um, like for me growing up and to have my parents and to see how hard they worked to give a good life for us is, is really what I want to do for my family as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing to hear. So, if you could give, you're still quite young. If you could give some <laughs> advice to your younger self, what would you say? Uh, my younger self, I would, I would, I would go for it. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I talk about, you know, following my passion, but you know, there was some hesitation of course, and, and I wouldn't doubt myself. I, I mean, just sometimes you just got to go for it. And, 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 you know, I, I would probably start a little bit younger if I could, I would, I would plan because I would, I would know that a recession was coming, so I would start it a little bit sooner. But you know, it, everything you you should never let your fears hold you back. I mean, every time you look at to do something, obviously you should evaluate risk. But but sometimes you got to just go for what what you believe in, and and that's that's what's important. And and that way you have no regrets. And that to me that that is so important to follow, so important to move forward with, and and that's what will make you happy. Yeah, the, the it's a it's a tough thing when you you've, you're burdened by fear, and if you're burdened yeah. by fear, you're always questioning every step along the way, and that sort of goes back to that mentor, where the mentor's giving you a reality check, or they're giving you the push to say, "Yes, you're you're on the right track, keep going." Uh, and then sometimes, like as you said earlier on, like believing yourself. So even when maybe your mentor's saying, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." you know that no, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. So eliminating fear is, is it holds a lot of people back in the decisions that they make. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's uh, again, obviously you've got that 
at, at Mac for uh, just pushing ahead and, and doing it. And, and who knows? Imagine when you're you're 40, what you're going to achieve. Such a young yeah. age. Like, yeah, it blows my mind. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, you know, life's about choices and each choice you make has has different different uh, outcomes. So, you know, persevere and, and keep going. And, and it's easy to say these things. It's just hard to act upon them. So just, you know, do. That's That's the biggest thing is to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's another really good point, isn't it? A lot of people talk about starting a business. They they talk about expanding and they talk about an idea, but in the end, like no one else is going to do it for you. Like no, you, yeah. need to, you need to put the hours in the effort, the time, the risk, the, the, the sweat, the tears, all that sort of stuff. Like you need to put all that in the stress and do it. And that takes time. Yeah, it does. It takes time. It takes a ton of effort and, and a lot of ambition and, and that's what it comes down to is, is just making sure you do what you want to do. Mm. So, so then how do you define success then? At, at such a young age, you've, you've, you've built up this business with your business partner. You've got so much time ahead of you. It's like, how do you shape success then? I, so I guess, I guess what I should say is to define success would be different for everybody. It, uh, but for me, it's, I want to have a life for my family, for when I have kids that when they want to do things, we can go and do them, you know, to, to make sure that they know that they can do whatever they want and, and to follow their passions. So I guess success is to make sure the people around me are doing well too, and, and are happy and, you know, to make sure you do it, do what you love. and. And to be who you are, I, I think that's, you know, you can look at success in so many different things and it's measured by so many different things you do. But I, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to what's best for you, what's best for your family and what's best for your future. Yeah, and I think that's such a good way to think of it because you're basically setting your, your future family uh, members and people around you up for success as well. It's so if, if you define success as an isolated thing, all about me, all about the now, then the world can become a bit of a lonely place. Yeah, absolutely. If you're focused on you, then, you know, everything you do is, is just for you and you don't get to share any of the moments or, or any things that you accomplish with, with people around you, or people that are important to you. Mm. Yeah. And it's great that you hear that you didn't, you didn't refer that back to a dollar value as well. I think a lot of people associate success with material items uh, or financial numbers. And it's like, I always joke. It's like, all right, I want to earn X amount of dollars per year. I want to buy this car or this house or this boat or whatever it might be. And they get it. And then they're the same person. <laughs> like yeah. nothing changes. Yeah, those, <laughs> those things are great and, and, and making money is great, but but if it's not doing anything for you or, or for anyone around you, then, then what good is it? Right. It, it I mean, to get, to get a car, to get a boat, to get a bigger house, those are, those things are all cool and look good on social media and Instagram. But if you're not feeling the actual benefits of those, of those things, and then what point is it? I mean, if you're, if you want to get a, a nicer car so your family can drive around to me, that sounds better than getting, getting a new car for me. It, it, like it, to be, family family is important and that's the most important thing that's what's been important to me growing up so it's going to be important to me till the day i die 
And, and to see that with people around me and people I love is that's the dollar amount is, is them not, uh, not necessarily items. All right, Matt. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on the rental journal podcast. I really appreciate you having me. It's, uh, it's been awesome. Please like share, follow the rental journal podcast, and I'll see everyone in next week's episode.